Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. It's the second week of Get Up in the Cool month. I've been saving some very special interviews in hopes that you'll be moved to support the show. This week's friend is Kim Johnson, banjo player for legendary West Virginia fiddlers such as Frank George, Lester McCumbers, and Wilson Douglas. Also joining us on the fiddle is Cody Jordan, her bandmate from the Modoc Rounders. We recorded this last month over Skype, and I recorded some guitar and singing afterwards. Shout out to Get Up in the Cool's newest Patreon supporters, Susan Weishart and Mark Harris. Thank you so much, Susan and Mark, along with anyone else who signs on or increases their pledge amount this month, will get entered in a raffle to win a sticker for their instrument case with some new Get Up in the Cool artwork by Howard Rains. Get Up in the Cool is funded by a small percentage of dedicated listeners. On an average month, the show gets over 30,000 downloads, and I typically have about 100 people at any given time who help fund the show. I would love for there to be a higher percentage of listeners who chip in because the focus of the show is relatively narrow, which means that it needs to lean in a little more on its audience than your typical podcast with, you know, ads from HelloFresh or MeUndies. Because it takes a lot of work and time and energy and money to make the show, and I need your help. Of course, you'll get some special content for chipping in. There are lots of reward tiers, but today I want to focus on the Secret Bonus Track podcast. If you support the show at a $5 an episode level, you can hear an extra tune or song with my guest and me that wasn't featured in the main feed, and it'll pop up in your favorite podcast app just like the regular show. Often it's just a fun little extra tune. Sometimes it's the best tune of our jam. I'm putting this week's bonus track at the very end of this episode so everyone can hear it, and if you sign up on Patreon at the bonus track level, you'll get access to about 10 hours of bonus track backlog, and of course, a new bonus track every week. So go now, while you're listening to this, to patreon.com slash getupinthecool, linked in the show notes on your podcast app, and choose a support level that you can sustain, because small sustaining donations are much more helpful than large short-term donations. Thanks for funding the show, everyone. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Kim Johnson. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy.
sounded so good. Yeah, ah. Thank you. Oh, wait a minute. I got the, I got the left head and the right head. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Johnson, thanks for yeah. uh, being on Get Up in the Cool. Oh, you're welcome. And, and Cody Jordan, thanks for accompanying her. I'm glad so to be here. So we can have some fiddle presents. Yeah. I'm glad he's here. So <laughs> my plan uh, for this interview is to mostly interview you, Kim, but Cody, if she does any anything that just is remotely, you know, falsely modest, feel free to oh. butt in <laughs> and, and uh, correct the record. <laughs> There's oh. a lot of false modesty when it comes to Kim. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just can't yeah. get into, you know, that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wonderful Barlow knife. Thank you. Yeah, we got what? that from Frank George. Oh, very good. Yeah I've, yeah. I've heard of Frank George. A lot of people have. Yeah. <laughs> How? I believe I was looking at, I think I was looking at the lineup for, or maybe you made a post about playing at the Berkeley Old Time Music Convention at mm-hmm. some point with Frank George. Is that true? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, 2013 or 14. Uh, Susie Thompson invited him to come, and we went out there, and uh, Frank had one of the first Old Time Fiddle albums, I think, back in the 60s, that Kanawha album yeah. at the... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Bagpipes, banjos, and something. What's that? You know how, the name of that? That oh thing. Anyway, and uh, all these, uh, uh, I don't want to say old hippies, but <laughs> all these old hippies in California that. had that album. You know, people that was into old time back then. Yeah. And they all had it, and they couldn't believe that Frank was coming to their festival. Hmm. And boy, they carried him around. They He had the biggest time. Wherever he went, it was like a whole herd of people followed him. <laughs> That's lovely. Fun. And then Susie invited us back the next year. They liked it so much with Frank. That's amazing. Yeah, did it, it was get, very cool. Did it give him a big head? No, no. He no. didn't really have that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we got invited to uh, Port Townsend, Fiddle Tunes. Ah, Fiddle Tunes. And uh, I can't remember exactly. Uh, Lester McCumbers was supposed to go, but he couldn't or didn't want to. I can't remember why. And, and uh, Susie asked if there was any other old men fiddlers here that would want to come i said well how about frank and she said frank who i said frank george and they thought that he had passed away because he was out there at one of the first ones and then this was like 30 years later yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh we got out there and it was it's the whole it was just wild <laughs> mm. people had to be, frank had the best time that's yep. lovely oh yeah so I know you, Kim, from, I don't, I'm not actually 100% sure. Have we like officially met in person? I don't think so. Because I've, I, every time I go to Clifftop, I've been going for the past seven years or so. I feel like I see you there every time. <laughs> yeah. You're often playing for the Flatfoot contest. Oh, we did that things. once or twice, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not the biggest fun. <laughs> Not the yeah, because you have to play the same tune over and over and over, and again. just one time yeah. through, and for like however many dancers they have, you know. <laughs> but I I also know you from uh, every once in a while, someone on the show will want to do a Lester McCumbers tune, and I'll look up, you know, the tune on the internet, and there you'll be, <laughs> right There's there in a the lot room. Of Lester on YouTube, uh, different people have videoed him uh, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I've. 
I'm very peripherally aware of you and that you're just very present in that scene. But other than that, I, I don't know anything about you. And I'm really happy to interview you Uh-oh. now. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Skeletons are going to come out of the closet. Um, so when did you first pick up a banjo, Kim? Well, uh, probably about 1977 or 8. 77, maybe 78. I was yeah, going to the West Virginia Folk Festival, and I I really love that music. It's just that's the best festival in the United States, bar none. Mm. <laughs> and back then, it was uh, all the older people were there playing Wilson Douglas and uh, oh, wow. all those other old guys, and uh, it was a lot more fun than it is now. But it's still really special. And uh, I thought, well, I kind of like to try that, you know. <laughs> and I saw right away that fiddle was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? Was fiddle your your first no? I, choice? I, everybody's playing fiddles. So I thought, okay. well, that and I tried it, and it was like, ooh, <laughs> and guitar hurt too much. So this is thought, all very relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, so I thought banjo that might be it, you know. And I tried that, and it didn't hurt, and it seemed kind of easy. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Who are the banjo and, players that you were watching at the West Virginia Folk Festival oh, back then? Um, Phoebe Parsons is my favorite. Oh shoot. Phoebe Parsons. Phoebe Parsons. She's an old lady from uh, Calhoun County, West Virginia. Hmm. And there's a few recordings of her out there. Not very many. Maybe one or two videos. And uh, Sylvia O'Brien played a little bit, but Phoebe is my favorite one. How did you go about learning the banjo? (laughs) Well, um, some people gave me a couple of tab books. I don't even know who, who gave them to me. Hmm. And I thought it had some really cool pictures in it. That one by Miles Cresson. Claude I don't Harry know that one. Thing. Yeah, it had some really cool photographs in there that Carl Flashower took. And I thought, well, that's really nice. But And the, the other, the tablature, I never could get onto that. It was it looked like a music staff, you know, with little right. notes. And I thought, whoa. And I tried it. telling him, put this finger here, this finger here, and this, do this. And it's like... And I don't think I like it. And, uh, uh, Did it take the magic out of it a bit? Oh, well, yeah, it was kind of weird. And I couldn't, didn't sound like a very good tune because <laughs> I knew I was doing it wrong, I'm sure. And at the Vandalia Gathering here in Charleston, they had all these mm. West Virginia fiddlers and, uh, they had, uh, uh, Wilson Douglas and Frank George and Lee Triplett and Ari Mullins and all these guys, Woody Simmons and all these from all over the state. And I just thought, well, everybody seems like they're playing with fiddle players. I'll find me a fiddle player. (laughs) This is how dumb I was. (laughs) So I went around to listen to them all. And Woody Simmons played hot and flashy, almost like like bluegrass stuff. And I thought, well, and I listened to them all. And I Mm. thought, well, this little guy here, I I like him the best. I'm going to ask if I can play with him. And it was uh, Wilson Douglas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he said, here's my number. You come up and... uh, I'll, uh, we'll play uh, once or twice a week as we can, you know. That's lovely. <laughs> so I went up there and I couldn't play hardly. I could barely stagger through uh, Cripple Creek. <laughs> did he? Really... Did he play the banjo as well? No. I've only heard his fiddling. Okay. No, his father played, but he said that uh, he said I can't tell you what to do. You just uh, make some of the notes that the fiddle plays and get some of the sound and beat a good rhythm and you'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what he told. And he sat there in the kitchen and played, and uh, I recorded uh, whatever he played, and uh, just tried to get some of that fiddle sound. <laughs> and it took a little while, but uh, it worked out. Hmm. 
How yeah. often did you go play with Wilson Douglas? I I love Wilson Douglas's fiddle. <laughs> I love bit. Wilson Douglas too. He's got the best sound. It's and, so great. Uh, that was about 1980 or so. I played with him till he passed away in 99. Mm. And uh, but we played in the kitchen. We go go places and play little festivals around and stuff like that. Recorded yeah, so a couple just, things and. He just sort of brought you up from scratch. Al- yeah, almost. I never had lesson one. Yeah, unless you count count those lessons. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like you didn't have any other banjo players giving you pointers during that time. You no. Were, no. How did you have the basic concept of how to do claw hammer then? I because watched it's them. A- just go to a festival and watch and say try to yeah. make that. <laughs> and I still technically do that wrong. Really? I mean, what do you, you mean? You can't hold the hand up like this and the special little claw shape and all that because it just sort of flogs around. <laughs> but <laughs> well, Wilson said to get the sound, it won't matter. Keep a rhythm and it'll be okay. Yeah. And it's well, worked out so far. <laughs> I, will, I will say, yeah, you, your, your hand posture. I've, well, yeah, for I one thing. Sort of, so, see, I've, I've knocked all the stuff off of here that you're not really probably supposed yes. to touch. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, who knows <laughs> what you're supposed to do with a banjo? Um, yeah, I noticed your your hand posture is like like you said. It's not yeah, clawed three, exactly. Sort of, I couldn't really clinch them up there and sort of. So I just thought, what the heck, you know? Yeah, your extra fingers are sort of hang are sort of hanging out. But I will uh-huh. say that your your playing uh, to me sounds really accurate and like very like really. Yeah, to me, I it sounds like... I made lots of boo-boos. I made lots of boo-boos in that tune just now. <laughs> uh, well, unless Skype was covering up a lot, I, I, love, I loved what I, hear, what I heard. And, well, uh, well. <laughs> um, Camouflage. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love... I love that idea of... That you just learned to play the banjo from I watching did. other banjo players and just doing whatever felt natural with... Wilson was was Wilson uh, picky about his accompaniment? No, uh uh-uh. uh. I remember we tried to play Soldier's Joy and I couldn't get it. And, and he uh, he would uh, he say, "My daddy played the banjo and you played deep." You know, he said, "Now he made some notes down in here, uh-huh. and he made some notes <laughs> over in here." And he said, "Now you'll get it." Yeah, no, that's <laughs> enough. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually I did. Uh, I got him to play those tunes by himself, and I recorded it. And I uh, was on a little cassette, those little Sony things that had the little stereo mics on cassette. Sure. And uh, I played them in the car to learn how he wanted it to go and how it sounded. And yeah, practice with that. And that's how it worked out. (laughs) That's so great. Did he have any other um, students coming up to do that? Or is it just Uh -uh. you? No. Wow. (laughs) So here's a question. Um, Why do you suppose he did that? Spent all that time just teaching you how to play. I don't know. (laughs) He liked me, I guess. We had fun playing and going around places. He took me places where I never would have had a chance to go. Hmm. Like uh, one day he called and said, I want you to come up here on Saturday. I'm not telling you where we're going. I said, okay. Got up there and he took me up to uh, Sherman Hammond's house. Hmm. And we hang out with Sherman a while and went over to Burl Hammond's a couple places, a couple times, you know. Stuff like that. I never would have got to do that if he hadn't have done it. That's so great. Well, yeah. I, I don't suppose you have any Wilson Douglas tunes on your list today, do you? Yes, we do. Well, would you play me a Wilson Douglas tune then? You want to do it right now? 
Sure. You want to do it right now? We got yeah. it's uh, Elzig's Farewell you heard a little bit before. Oh, fantastic. Okay, you want to do it now? Yeah, sure. Okay. Take it off. I won't do any justice to the fiddling, but I'll, yes, I'll he do the will. best I can. You oh, now who's correcting who's false modesty? modesty. Yeah. <laughs> Cody got some. Ah, wait a minute. We got to retune. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, I can't tell if it's actually crooked or if it's just sort of internally crooked. But that with that like little hitch in it, it's a really cool version. Yeah, he just does. That's how he does it. <laughs> lovely. Thank you. What, uh, Dave, one you thing... know David Bragger? You know David Bragger? Uh, yes. Not personally. He, we but were I... out at Port Townsend. Was that last last year uh it's, it's a couple of years ago but, uh, and uh, he did a uh 
fiddle workshop. I had a banjo thing, and I can't do those by myself because it's like backup. And he came in and did it, and he said that that uh, that tune he heard at Elzick's farewell, and it turned him on to old time music mm. from whatever he was into before, which I can't remember what it was. Uh-huh. But he said that that swayed his old mind to old time music. <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you also spent some time playing with Lester McCumbers. How oh, did yeah. you meet him? Well. Um, at festivals, I've known him and his wife for years because, like Glenville and little festivals around here, uh, we all all the same people went to the festivals. We, me and Wilson would be at these festivals, and Lester and his family had a bluegrass band, and they'd be at the festival too. But I never really played with him at that time because he had a, he had his son Roger played the banjo, and they had a bluegrass band, and uh, me and Wilson did our thing, and all these other people and everything. So I've known him for years. So, I, you know, I just never tried to play with him until after Wilson passed away. And uh, I thought, man, I need me a, a fiddler. <laughs> and uh, at that time, Lester was playing with a banjo player named Carol Hardway. He was an older man, and he was pretty ill. And he passed away just within a year or two. So that left me and Lester. <laughs> so I just told Wow, him, it's I'm like <laughs> these musicians, yeah. they're like, it's like the Pope, you know, or like a Supreme Court justice, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you got to wait until it's time for a new banjo player to be nominated. Well, yeah, yeah I guess. I went through the screening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, they'll uh, they'll I, went, <laughs> I just went up to Lester's and I said, I think I could play with you. And he said, you don't want to play with an old man like me. I said, well, yeah, I do. And we played a little bit and he's. I got to tell you this. I'm going to tell that story about it. <laughs> After we did that, we did it. Played, I played with him two or three times, and uh, uh, he called his daughter one evening, and he said, uh, I think I'm going to be able to play with this girl. She's a banjo player. No, no, that ain't, that ain't how it went. He said, I think I found me a banjo player. She said, well, that's great, Dad, you know. And he said, there's only one thing. And she said, well, what's that? And he said, it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Because he'd never played with girls before. Interesting. You know, except he, his sons and son-in-law played in his band, and his wife, Lindy, sang. But that's the closest he'd come to playing with girls was his mm. wife. You know? And I played with him till he passed away in uh, 2015. Oh, wow. But he said, it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, that cracked me up. Here's a question. Uh, when Just anecdotally, when I look around at festivals, to me... It seems like the total numbers, regardless of what instrument people are playing, it seems basically, basically even to me, like um, in terms of uh, gender representation, uh, evenly balanced. Um, but I'm curious, at these festivals back then, was it like that? Were there a lot of women playing fiddle and banjo? Not a whole lot, no. So what was that like? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> I just went around and played with whoever was there. I mean, mostly. it really sounds like you didn't meet a lot of resistance. No, no, uh-uh, not at all. But um, it also oh. sounds like Lester had some sort of like, like, oh, this is uh, peculiar to it's be playing with a It's different for him to play with a girl. But he said, that, he said that you play my tunes real good. I said, I tried oh, there to. there you go. <laughs> and his sound was similar to Wilson's, not exactly the same. They were... Calhoun County touches Clay County. They're fairly close together. But, uh, you know, I didn't have any trouble playing with him. He plays some snaky tunes, though. <laughs> mm. Some pretty pretty things. 
But uh, I'm just glad to play with both of those men. I, I, I really love both of them. That's so great. But nobody uh, said, oh, I don't want to play with theirs. You're a girl. Or Nobody did that. Huh. That's great. But it seems like there was some sort of inherent barrier to entry, maybe, that like... Not for me. Not for you, but uh-uh. it, it seems like the other women in your community weren't necessarily jumping at the chance to play the banjo with people like Frank George or Lester McCumbers. Well, there uh, really wasn't a whole lot of girls around here that played. It yeah. was me and Phoebe Parsons <laughs> and right. Sylvia O'Brien. And there was a girl, Pam Lund. I don't know if you know her or not. She came in. I'm not sure where she's from, but she lived over near Sherman Hammonds. Yeah. And for a long time, it was me and Pam Lund. There's well. not a whole lot of girl banjo players around back then or fiddlers. There was an older lady, Sarah Singleton, played the fiddle. And she lived near Melvin Wine in, in Braxton County. And she had uh, two women play guitar with her. But that's, mm. about, that's about the only ones I can think of. I guess I'm now just curious. More. I guess I'm just curious why that's the case. Because it seems like know. no one had an issue with it necessarily. Uh-uh. But for whatever reason, there weren't too many of you. I don't know. I guess they just wasn't into it. <laughs> I guess I don't not. know. I don't know. But now there's younger women out doing it. Tessa Dillon and Annie Stroud. And oh you my think goodness. anybody else yes. younger? Uh, those are the two West Virginia yeah. girls I know. Yeah. Yeah. Great examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, you know, I can't think of anybody else and girl players, huh. especially. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm certainly glad that it caught your interest, even if it wasn't, it, even if you didn't see a lot of representation of, of other women playing. I never even thought about that. I just thought, I like that and I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> and if they say you, you're really bad at it uh, or you suck, we don't want you to play with us. I would have not played with them. I'd play something with somebody else, but they well, didn't of course. Why would you want to play with someone who with an <laughs> attitude like that? I know. <laughs> But uh, I didn't have any trouble at all. Nobody, nobody threw up any big or anything like right. that. He-Man Woman Haters Club. None of that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't experience that. Well, I'm, re- I'm really happy to hear that. Well, I didn't even hear anything about it till really lately. <laughs> I guess I'm just curious why, why things change sometimes in these traditional music uh, communities. and. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Ooh. uh... Do you have any Lester McCumber? You said I think you said you had some Lester McCumber's tunes. You we sure do. What do you want to do? Well, we could do uh, Sally coming through the rye or his Sally Ann, whichever one. Which one would pick you your, pick? Your Sally. <laughs> we got two Sallys to pick. That's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's all right. Sally was a good girl. Well, uh, you're closest to D tuning right now, so we could do his Sally Ann. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, great. Let's do that. I like that. Okay. I like that one, too. <laughs> I like that Sally coming through the rye for good, too, though. It's pretty good. We'll do that later. We can still there's, do that one. There's no rules against how many Sally tunes. You could do all Sally <laughs> tunes if you want. <laughs> okay. Well, w- w- brace or all Jenny tunes. I don't care. <laughs> okay.
<laughs> Woo! So I, w- I was thinking while you were playing that, uh-huh. you know, you, you, you've, it seems like in your life you've had these, like, long-term almost like monogamous relationships with these other <laughs> with these other musicians and i was thinking when you were transitioning from uh playing with frank george to playing with lester mccumbers mm-hmm. um i was wondering if did you have to and, and then also transitioning from playing with wilson douglas you know like <laughs> uh uh i was wondering did you have any did you have to change the way that you played and you interpreted the melodies and the rhythms? Uh, you know, like, what was that like? You, you spent so long with just learning from Wilson Douglas and going around with him, playing <laughs> his tunes, playing with his style. What was that transition like to starting to play with other people long term? Well, Wilson and Lester were sort of similar, you know, like I said uh-huh. before. They were sort of similar. But not exactly. It just just playing with them. And Wilson, uh, when I was learning to play, he said he strongly stri- play what the fiddle plays. So if the fiddle does a little, just you do it. <laughs> so and he where, he really liked you playing all of the notes. No, no. Uh, he said he said you can't get them all. Yeah. And if you do try to get them all, it'll just be a cluttering mess. Sure. So just get a few here and there, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. <laughs> But then, so uh, I guess when you were saying do what the fiddle does, he meant something different other than exactly getting yeah, the notes. It was kind of hard to explain. <laughs> he said, uh, keep a good rhythm, and it, if the fiddle does something that you like, like... Something like that, little little riffs or whatever you want to call it. Yes. And just stick them in there. That's what I do. <laughs> and try yeah. not to hit wrong chords or wrong notes, but sometimes that happens, you know. But, sure. Uh, and Frank was different than both of them. He was, I don't know, what would you call it? Notier or different? He had a different style. Hmm. But um, I just played with Frank, did the same thing, tried to do what he could. I could no, never play every one of his notes ever. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're just real different. Yeah. So, yeah, was that a was that a, a difficult transition or did you have to like... Uh-uh. adjust your playing no. very much or just was it just a matter of listening to the tunes and just listen to the fiddle that's following all you have your to intuition do. yeah just listen to the fiddle that's all you have to do yeah. <laughs> well i'm i'm curious uh you were talking about playing wrong chords and i feel like chord well here's something peek behind the curtain i'm hoping okay. to go <laughs> to go back through these tunes and jam with you all later because that's okay. the nature of you know but I'm, I'm hoping to play some guitar and and then i was thinking while you're all while y'all were playing um that people have strong opinions about chords in old-time music some people like there to not be specific chords. Some people preferred there to be barely any chords at oh, all and just on. hinting at I, them. I remember that discussion on Facebook where they're trying to play tunes with, with one chord, no changes. Yeah. God. <laughs> so you like some chords then? Well, yeah, play, play it like the melody is, you know. I don't know what chords are in it, but uh, like the melody is. Yeah. That's what I do. Okay. So you don't have yeah. any like... If if you're listening back through, 
and you hear and you hear me play uh, a chord you're probably like that that seems to be dictated by the melody you're not going to be like ah this is ruining the tune no. <laughs> ruin our jam <laughs> no some of those people don't like to play minor chords or, or there's some kind of thing yes i remember going that a lot. on about it and it's like oh my god <laughs> do you like minor chords sure if they go in there that's a great answer that's how i feel too <laughs> well yeah yeah i mean um I, I can't think of an example of it right now oh there a uh, bill miller bobby taylor was telling us you know bobby yes we play with him quite a lot, me and Cody does. Mm. And uh, he was telling us that there's an old man here. He's been gone for several years, though, but he played guitar. And people would play Blackberry Blossom. Mm-hmm. And that whole second half is in that E minor chord, you know? Sure. And he, he wouldn't play it. He he always played E major. And he uh-huh. never liked that tune because it had that glaring, like, E major tune. And it clearly called for the minor. And then he heard another guitar player play with the minor, and he thought he liked that a little better. Yeah, you know, I mean, he different said, sensibilities. Really pretty. What are you doing? It's really pretty. What did you do that tune? And he said, "I, I like it now." <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> he just didn't know the E minor. He, he chord. didn't know the chord, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I like it. Yeah, that E major chord has become a bit of a fad lately. Yeah, that's you know, kind of. Re- oh, <laughs> I'm not it, an expert or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I would say it is intentionally dissonant, and yeah, it seems yeah. a little bit edgy on purpose. And it kind like of trying to turn out. some heads. Yeah, it sticks out, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what else do y'all want to play for us? What's on our uh, else is on our list? I don't want to leave out the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. We won't. Well, um, since you haven't sung anything yet, and I don't want to leave out the songs. Okay. Since, no, we're, no. since we're in D, we could play Frank's Lies of Jane. We could okay. go ahead and get that one out. Okay. Great. We're representing all of the uh, all the fiddlers you've been mentioning that you've, been, that you've played <laughs> well, that with That was sort of unintentional. Years. We just picked out a bunch of tunes, and then it sort of worked out. I mean, perfect. <laughs> Doing yeah. all my work for me. That's oh, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does that sound good? Okay. Good sound enough. okay, rather? Good enough. <laughs> good enough for bluegrass? Thank you. 
little extra on that one. A little one. extra, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That's so great. That's Eliza Jane? Yeah, Frank Frank George played Eliza Jane. That's lovely. I like that I, one. I like that, that big chord. Like that big old, uh, what's that chord? The there? four chord. Is that there. a G chord there? Yeah. Well, shoot, that's I, lovely. I got the wrong ear on again. Oh, well. <laughs> These things get twisted up like crazy. Kim, something I wanted to ask you as you, you, you've played under a lot of very like regional players with specific styles and you've been doing it for a while now. Uh-huh. And I know that the old time community has changed a lot and it's it seems to me to have grown a lot. Um, and some there's some conversations in general in the general culture not just the old-time music culture uh conversations about cultural ownership and heritage and you know who owns what and who gets to do what with um, different ethnic music like you know west virginia fiddle tunes or things like that and I i was wondering if you if you had any perspective on the fiddlers that you played with, what were their attitudes about um, people from outside, people from other places coming in to learn the music and play it, and then maybe even sometimes going on to make money with it or use it for their own <laughs> purposes? I'm sure always modest amounts because of the nature of like, the music. Uh, millions of dollars with one Lester's tunes, you know? Right. <laughs> You know, but, you know, people are talking about that and starting to take that conversation really seriously. And, you know, uh, and I'm curious if you had a perspective on their opinion about that kind of thing. And uh, also if you had a perspective on that and how that kind of dynamic makes you feel about the sharing or taking of the music. I never really thought about it, but I know for a fact that Lester and Wilson both and possibly also Frank, they love the fact to share their music. And anybody that wants to learn their music and and like carry their music on, they shared it freely. And they they hmm. like uh, Wilson Lester. They would all be tickled to death to hear anybody play their tunes. Anybody. Hmm. But what, uh, what did that what did that mean to them to have their tunes the way they played it carried on? I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> it's like. Um, I don't know. They didn't want it to, their music to die out or something. Like, uh, yeah. Like Wilson had two sons, and neither one of them played music. So therefore, yeah. if nobody played his music, it would be like gone. Yeah. But now, uh, me and Cody, we play with uh, another guy, Jesse Pearson, and mm. he could play Wilson's tunes. Just I would say, just pretty, pretty true. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and without, and maybe Terry Vaughn, there's another guy that can do. But without those two guys, Wilson's music would be, you know, if he did, if other people didn't learn him. Sure. So, uh, you know. So there, there was, uh, these men were thinking about, to some extent, their legacy. Was it, was yeah. it about their own personal legacy or was it more about the idea of a, a tune not getting to exist in the future either I think is totally reasonable and understandable. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they ever thought about their, their tune not existing. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah. 
I think they saw in me somebody younger that was willing to spend time with them yeah. and play their music and take them around, and uh, I was glad to do it. But uh, but I'm not. I can't play the fiddle. I mean, it's sure. not like. But <laughs> but I, I would know. say that 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 little detail that you gave of Wilson not having kids who wanted to take on, you know, his music. That yeah. adds, I think, another little layer to the question that I asked you earlier, which uh-huh. is, why do you suppose he did that? Spending you so much, spending so much time teaching you music from scratch, I, uh, I would imagine that's part of it. It's part of it, I'm sure. Now, Lester had several kids, and uh, when he was alive, I played with him and two of his sons a couple, couple, of t- uh, several places. But uh, after he's passed on, uh, they don't play at all. None, yeah. none of them took up the fiddle. They they mm. play guitars and sing. And one boy, Billy, is a fantastic uh, country-style singer, but uh, they don't play old-time music at all. Mm. And I don't I don't know. <laughs> you mm. Got any ideas, Cody man? <laughs> yeah, you've been awfully chime silent. You're welcome to chime in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, talk about, I, I've been lucky after uh, uh, Wilson and Lester passed on, to meet Jesse and Cody. I mm. mean, we've had big time fun playing music and going places and uh they they keep the old tunes alive. They do. Yeah. Yeah. They do. I mean, I can't speak to how like Frank or <laughs> Wilson or Lester would feel, but generally like the people that I know in West Virginia are all about um sharing tunes, you know, like when as soon as they see that you have an interest in, in learning the music, then that's all they need, you know. That yeah. There, there's really I've seen a lot of stuff about like gatekeeping in the old time community. Sure. You know, and I've sure. never there. I've never. I don't know what gatekeeping is. You know, I've never experienced any gatekeeping as far as like like oh you're not playing real old time music or yeah you're not you know it's just like oh, oh. like that's a great tune you know <laughs> or, i don't know like let me show you what i do with this tune and stuff you know it's, yeah it's it's all been very open and and sharing hmm. um so so so, yeah. if, so if some like kid from like berkeley college of music or something plays you know picks up a wilson douglas tune but then does something really wacky with it like a bunch of you know rock and roll chords or something how is that bothersome to you at all as someone who spent so much time playing (laughs) do you and do you like actively enjoy it or is it just like sure why not (laughs) well it's fine with me i mean i don't know that i would seek out if they had recordings and buy them or something but well sure with me (laughs) yeah it's you know it is preserving his tune as long as they give him credit i don't care <laughs> yeah that seems like a good a good guideline yeah like well, when we uh, the first time we went to berkeley uh they take you over to uh, the berkeley uc berkeley and do this symposium thing where the faculty and students come in and they ask you questions and stuff and you play some tunes and stuff and they had me and frank over there and they had the onlys and those those yes. kids we're in high school at the time. <laughs> it's been a few years ago. And uh, they play a tune. And there's Frank, no teeth, <laughs> playing his little <laughs> tunes, you know. Yeah. And this is funny. <laughs> I thought, uh, they played, uh, introduced this tune they learned called Martha Camel. Yes. And they, they just played it really great, you know. And um, old Frank sat over at the other end of the stage. And he said, after they finished, he said, 
I used to date Martha Campbell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Frank and Wilson and Lester, all they love those younger kids to come around, but uh, there's really not a lot of them around here that really, until lately, you got you and Jesse and Co- uh, Tessa. Tessa's what, 23, 24? Younger than you think. She's younger than you think. <laughs> so we do have some younger people around here. When I first started playing, I was Cody's age with Wilson, and he was sure. my age. And now <laughs> I'm his age, and they're the age I was. So it's like. That's great. Yeah. I, lo- I love how intergenerational this music can be. Uh-huh. I think that's really special. Yep. And I, not on this music, um, they share fun things like trout fishing and uh, shooting guns and all kind of fun stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, skinning squirrels. I helped Lester skin squirrels. That was interesting. And oh, they, wow. they, t- they tell you stuff that they did when they were young. And Wilson will tell you uh, things that happened to him when he's a young boy. And he was in World War II and he had a bunch of stories about that. And wow. It, it was just very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they shared all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I guess that's that's something to get, that's something you can't get from, you know, the source recordings on uh, on the internet is no. how to skin a squirrel in yeah. the same conversation as you pop that hide right how to off play a tune. He said, "You cut it here and you cut it here." He said, "Now you hold it arms and I'll pop that skin right off of there." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and the blood flew. You know, wow. but it was a, it was experience. You know, I did it. I'd do it again. <laughs> he was was it? Does it? I mean, what did you then do with the squirrel? They ate him. Yeah, but in what in what way? <laughs> Threw up. How how does I don't even know how you prepare a squirrel. Well, you boil it and then you brown it in a skillet, rolled in flour and brown it in a skillet. Okay. Uh, what do you and think? And then, if you're if you're feeling uh, uh, <laughs> frisky, you could you boil the heads in a pot, you know, and then you don't like fry the them. You, this is kind of nasty. My mom did this. I couldn't do it. She, you put the little heads by your plate, and there are these little skulls with the little teeth in the front, you know. Yeah. <laughs> squirrel. Oh, squirrel skulls, and. Uh, you sort of tap them with your uh, oh. table knife and eat their brains. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, you did not do that, that, but your mom did? Yeah, my mom did it. And a lot, a lot of older people around here do it. Probably still to this day. But I couldn't make myself do that. <laughs> All of a sudden, um, I have a new thing that I need to do before uh, I leave this <laughs> earth is eat squirrel brains. Oh, come no. to West Virginia. Yeah, come on come down, buddy. Run. Yeah, I just I couldn't do that, but a lot of people did. <laughs> All right, next time, next cliff top, I'm gonna. Can you just get the squirrels there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably have to shoot one. I don't know if the season's in at that time, but yeah, no, yeah. it comes in in the middle of October usually. Yeah. It's about now. It's now. Yeah. <laughs> we should have brought one in here and did it. <laughs> oh man, well that well, was a segue, wasn't we have, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good story. That's exactly what I was looking for. So let's do uh, one more tune before we talk about where to go to buy your albums. Okay. I don't even know which ones I got. <laughs> okay. Why you want me to play? That's up to you. Oh, it's up to me? I get to pick? It's all on you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to do Cherry River Line? 
It's a, if you want to. I do. I do. I love yeah. that. And don't leave out none of the verses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, there's an old lady up in uh, Clay County and it's Sylvia O'Brien. We probably should show that genus banjo, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, they lived way up in the holler and didn't have any electric gas, running water, anything that, like that. And uh, her brother lived with her, and they he made banjos, and they played real um, different style <laughs> of uh, music. And hmm. uh, you know French Carpenter, of uh, French Carpenter, right? Sure. He made this album one time with Genus Cottrell, and that's her brother. Uh, okay, they, very good. It was French did Phil and Genus did these banjo things, and they had a real different kind of a style. And this is one of their tunes called Cherry River Line. That's very what good. Try to do are, now. <laughs> are you going to do these banjo things in the same way? Well, uh, I'll make an attempt at it. I don't know if I can do it or not. Cool. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, we're going to give it, give a shot at it anyway, and Cody's going to sing. <laughs> I forgot Sounds to lower good. that string.
got it in there about the white horse. Yeah, the white horse. The white yes, claw. sir. <laughs> the white claw. The white claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that song. Great song. Well, shoot. Thank you. I like that little song. That's great. I like this different sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit spooky. Well, yeah. yeah. You should see Ned Holler, no, no electric. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, one but... funny story about Sylvia. I spent the weekend with her several times, and she had no electric, gas, running water, anything. They burned wood and oil lamps and stuff. Mm. And uh, it was an adventure staying all night with her. And uh, I spent the weekend with her two or three times. And <laughs> she has all these old photographs and things like that. And pushed up under the bed in uh, boxes and stuff. And it's getting dark one. And <laughs> she said, she said, uh, you want to look at them pictures in there? And I said, well, sure. And uh, she said, well, get that flashlight and squirt it up under the bed so we can see that where that box is. <laughs> squirt it up. <laughs> squirt under it up. Under, now, you think about it, it just looks like you're squirting it up under the bed. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You squirt yeah. it up under there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be the uh, so you know the the titles for Get Up in the Cool are the my guest's name and then a parenthetical you know title like what it's about and I'll just put Kim Johnson squirted up under the bed. Um, oh. for, yeah. <laughs> that'll be great. That'll, that'll go be over fun. really well. I'll get me a reputation. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one tune left. But before we do that, you have some albums, and well, those are available on Bandcamp, correct? I don't think... I haven't looked at Bandcamp forever. I know Wilson, uh, we recorded a couple of cassettes in the 90s, and I put those on... The CD is on there. Wonderful. And, it's just called Fiddle Tunes from Central West Virginia. It's a okay. very exciting title. <laughs> it sounds exciting to me. <laughs> And the Modox is on there, right? I think so, yeah. The Modoc Rounders, the, correct. The Modoc Rounders. Very good. And uh, I'm not sure if that Keepers is on there or not. I had Keepers put, is on there somewhere. Is I've it? seen that on there, yeah. On Bandcamp? Yeah. Okay. It's called Keepers. It's on Bandcamp, and uh, it's a compilation thing of different fiddlers and a couple of different singers, and I play with them. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. I, I hate to give you homework, but um, – if you if you if you send me those links and then anything that you forget, you can send that to me too, and all that stuff I'll link in the sh- in the show notes um, oh. for so so that people can just tap away and uh, tap away yeah and, and buy and buy them <laughs> before they get distracted with you know Facebook or whatever. <laughs> we'll make it real easy for them. Oh yeah, painless. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kim and Cody, for doing this. Taking a little bit of your your Wednesday. You're welcome. I'm glad to be invited. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Lovely talking to you. Lovely hearing you play. I'm excited to uh, jam with you uh, asynchronously (laughs) and then someday in person live. Yeah. That would be lovely. This is a little strange with the COVID put on us. It is, but we're making it work. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's what what we're all doing. It'd be more fun if you was here in the living room, you know. (laughs) I I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that as an invitation. Oh, I'll, heck yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do for the last tune or Sally. song? Let's, let's do Sally. We're going to do a, a Lester tune called Sally Coming Through the Rye. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I'll it pitiful and sad. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be pitiful. It'll be pitiful and sad. <laughs> 
You can buy and download the Modoc Rounders albums at themodocrounders.bandcamp.com and Keepers, a compilation of Kim and various West Virginia fiddlers, at wilsondouglas.bandcamp.com. I couldn't find a centralized place to get fiddle tunes from central West Virginia, but I'm sure it's out there if you do some digging. In the meantime, check the show notes for this episode in your podcast app for links to those other albums. Support Get Up In The Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool and get rewards like the weekly bonus track podcast. Stick around after the outro for this week's bonus track and join the Patreon to get access to the other 200 or so bonus tracks. Also, don't forget about the raffle for this sticker with original Get Up In The Cool art from Howard Rains. All you need to do to enter is sign up at the Patreon or raise your pledge amount if you're already a patron. Thanks for supporting the show, folks. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up In The Cool's merch store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with all of your followers. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool. We're about to wrap up our 15th season where my co-host Nathan and I and special guest host... Becca DeWitt, listen to all of Taylor Swift's albums in chronological order and review them. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. Well, what do you want to do for the bonus track? What do you want to do for the bonus track? What do you want to do for the bonus track? I like a little smoke on the water. Smoke on the water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. You know when you people black Sabbath? <laughs> pe- people will sign up to support the show uh, in droves if you if they know they'll get to listen to you two play smoke on the water. Shit. We should have learned it. <laughs> ah, man. Next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's as good as I can get right now. <laughs> uh, what else was on that list? Don't well, leave us. Look at the we list. We had the... Yeah. Uh, uncloudy day on there i love that yeah. or he might not want that one for a bonus for yeah. extra special <laughs> it's all extra special as far as i'm concerned are you ready for a song so ready ah. <laughs> oh man that thing's okay. give, it a shot. give it a good hot shot there
Thank you.